Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, what's up? This is Griffin McElroy. This is wonderful. Ch 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 changes. Turn and change and change. There's a lot of changes in the studio. Is why I sang that song. Rachel looks at me confused, but you know this is to be true. No, I do know this is to be true. Um, but I, I don't really think of what you've been through recently as a ch ch change as a ch change. Well, there's lots of changes. Let's break them down one okay. by one. Number All right. one. All right. Got a new schnoz, didn't I? Well, cyber schnoz, basically. It's here to produce better sound. It's more like a renovation on your schnoz. Yeah, I got some acoustic experts to dig around my nose, and they were like, this thing is not optimized for audio. Um, and we could install some baffling here, and we could drop this wall and do sort of an open concept. So I basically have one big nostril now, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes it easier for, you know, to picking. <laughs> mm -hmm. um so yeah it's cool no i had sinus surgery i'm still recovering from it It was fucking brutal it was so bad um but thank you for your prayers everyone i don't think i've publicly talked about my sinus surgery but i just assumed you could feel my distress and you're praying for it the other change though big change is right under rachel's keister isn't it <laughs> you want to talk about it? <laughs> on our last episode, you may recall, I referenced the piano bench that I sit on. Uh, and so Griffin went out today, spared no expense. Nope. Bought me a folding chair. I went to uh, Target. You remember that fucking funny sketches? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a folding chair. And I know you're thinking like, oh, really? It's got pads. It's, <laughs> it's got a big pad under the duff it's got a pad under the behind the back i was at target for other reasons i saw the folding chair i thought let's say you were going over to your grandma's house for thanksgiving mm. and she set up a table in the garage this is the chair you would sit on exactly the funny chair don't you think you could turn that what's great about that chair it's a clean slate babe my piano bench i use it for my art and my compositions mm -hmm. you think that was like intimidating to me no but it's just not for jokes you know when i'm sitting yeah, on that okay, bench okay. it's all about you know and the circle chair. of fifths and the you know mezzo mezzo forte um <laughs> but you couldn't make jokes on it that chair has nothing in it so far you are gonna fill it with well first of all my caboose the farts but also griffin your jokes griffin hey man there's not a lot of difference between my farts and my jokes. Am I right? Hey, no. <laughs> I won't allow that kind of talk here. Anyway, it's a brave new era for wonderful 2.0. New schnoz, new chair. Mm -hmm. I feel like I sound weird. I feel like I'm going to feel like I sound weird for a long time until. Yeah, I just don't. Honestly, I don't hear a lot of difference. It's not going to be permanent if I do. I'm still very, very much recovering. But yikes. Okay. Anyway, you got any small wonders? Because I have one and it's stool softener. It's. It's so special to me today. Um, it's been so special to me today. And I won't get into it, but it's so special and so necessary and mandatory to me today. If you guys are uncomfortable. Medical reasons. If you're uncomfortable right now with the level of detail, welcome to the past week for me. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sorry that my convalescence as I pursue a healthier, better life is so. No, I'm sorry to interrupt. Talk more about your stool. No, I'm not going to talk about my stool. I'm just going to say stool softener is a pretty amazing drug when you need it when you need it and i'm not going to comment on whether or not i need it maybe i'm free basing it maybe i'm taking it recreationally maybe it's just like how they taste they get the, get the little gel caps i'll chew them on up in there no big deal anyway uh i haven't shared my small wonder yet yeah you got one yeah 
I went to the Janelle Monet concert last night. Yeah. I went to a ACL taping. Griffin uh, won tickets and was not up for going. No, no, no. So see, I went see stool softener. With our friend Steffi. Yes. Uh, to the ACL taping, and it was incredible. So, so good. I am very jealous. I wish I could have gone. I'm sure it was like the most fun show. And we've talked about ACL before mm-hmm. um, and yeah. how, how dope the like free tickets. We are like so. I don't know. You and I are so lucky. It's like The Wish or The Secret. Is it called The Wish or The Secret? I'm working on a sequel called The Wish okay. where just like a concert gets announced and it's like, I want to go to that. We both enter. One of us almost always wins. It's amazing. It's like our only, it's like a superpower. Um, I also want to bring, I've consumed so much media because I basically have been on the couch for a week. Um Rewatched the Lord of the Rings movies. Still, a, still a, a, a nice watch. And I got into Professor Layton. I think you would get into these games. It's basically about this guy who is like a puzzle solver, uh-huh. uh, and he has a little boy detective sort of uh, uh, accomplice. And they go to like towns and they investigate these big mysteries. But they do so while like solving little puzzles and brain teasers. I do like puzzles and brain teasers. I do too. And these games has like has like really fun ones, but also like a story that you're like trying to solve, and you're like. Like, uh-oh, this guy got murdered. I'm going to do this puzzle where I have to move a matchstick from one place to the other to solve it. Uh, it's it's really good. It's on iPhone. It's like 10 bucks, but it's Ooh, worth it. Ooh, 10 bucks. Well, I mean, it's a port of a Nintendo DS game, and when it came oh. out on DS, it was like 30 bucks. It's like a it's like a game. It's like an actual game. Oh, like okay. like a, a $1, you know. Yeah, I'm so used to those those free ones. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's worth it to drop, you know, 15 bucks on an iPhone game if it's going to be like really good and you're going to play it for a long time. But that makes sense. Uh, I go first this week. My first thing is a nice light jacket. I had this thought today. I was at the Target and uh, the Target. <laughs> Did you buy a jacket? Um, no, but I tried on a few jackets <laughs> okay. and I realized that um, I own basically every type of model of light that is very jacket, true. Yes, um, that that's why I was have. asking if you bought another one. <laughs> no, Rachel can attest. This is my favorite type of. This is my favorite garment category. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons. There's, there's. First of all, there's two seasons where you can wear these things, right? Spring and fall. That makes it a very, very versatile sort of piece of piece of kit, right? Some summer wear you can't wear non-summer months, but a nice light jacket. You can wear that in spring. You can wear that in fall. You can wear that anywhere where it's going to be maybe a little bit cold. And I'm talking about here like a hoodie or a windbreaker or like a waterproof poncho or a jean jacket. Travis got me a jean jacket for my birthday this year. That thing's been getting some fucking heavy use. It's a very nice jean jacket. Um, A a blazer maybe. Basically anything not like insulated, like a non-insulated heavy coat. What is it about uh, the jacket that appeals to you so much, you know? Um, I mean, they're functional, right? They Is it can, like the fashion of it? I, that's that's definitely another reason. The, the function, I think, I don't know which comes first. The function I appreciate. The function of like, I need to get my body temperature just right. It's like a few degrees off. Mm-hmm. I'll put on this nice light jacket and that'll like, that'll usually get me there. I, I always bring a nice light jacket into the movie theater. Like yeah. literally every, every time I go into that's a movie true. theater, because you never know. Sometimes a movie theater it's going to be cold and you have to have the nice light jacket to like, keep. because yeah. I don't want to be distracted when I'm up there watching, you know, 
um, you know, Spider-Man. Dirty um, Grandpa. And when I'm watching Dirty Grandpa, my favorite movie mm-hmm. ever. No, I know. We haven't talked about that on the show. I guess that, that could be a whole week. Is that the Johnny Knoxville one or is that the, uh, I almost said Al Pacino, Robert De Niro one? They're, there's, there's, there's Bad Grandpa. Yes. And Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Movies are good, and they should keep making them. We shouldn't change how we make movies even a little bit. Um, So the function is important to me. Also, another function, extra pockets, right? Yeah, Holy shit. You get two extra pockets, and um, I take Henry to daycare every every day, and, you know, usually I'm carrying a ton of shit out to the car with me. Um, I have, like, you know, the child in one arm, and then, like, a backpack and some water and some snacks in the other arm. Mm -hmm. I can't be carrying my keys around and like i don't want to dig around in my you know jeans pocket to get my keys out to like get in the car that's mm-hmm. why i have hoodie pocket which is basically mm-hmm. a fucking keys holster yeah easy access get in get out no problem mm-hmm. extra pockets extra pockets it's very good but then the fashion is also good like you can layer things it gives you an extra sort of dimension of of style can i tell you last week i almost brought hoodie and then i thought no if anyone deserves to bring this it's griffin it's true griffin loves a hoodie i do like a hoodie i have i have i have quite a few um i don't know i just feel like my my style these days is very simple uh very sort of survival based um i feel like you also dress in perpetual fall i feel like the griffin mcelroy wardrobe is always fall no matter the time of year. Except when it would be dangerous to do otherwise, I do try to do a fall a fall look. Yeah. I um, mean it suits you for sure. I like it. It it I just like how you can um, you know, if you have like a nasty shirt, nasty t shirt mm-hmm. riddled with coffee stains and other you know, mm-hmm. other stains and holes and pizza stains. Mm-hmm. Uh you can put a hoodie over that and it's nobody needs to know your horrible secrets mm-hmm. that you did to the shirt. Yeah. You can also dress down a nice button up. That's that can be a fun look, like a nice button up you know, got like a nice uh, gingham pattern and you throw a hoodie on over that. And now all of a sudden you're a, you know, Silicon Valley investor. I take it back. That's not a good look. <laughs> Don't do that look. But you can throw a nice jean jacket on over that look. Now we're talking about style yeah, uh-huh. layers. This has been put this on to. I know. I was going to say. Sorry. We... No, I just like, I don't know. I like, I like the, I like the look of a nice light jacket. I do. Yeah. So, so sue me. Um, <laughs> but the biggest reason is how like modular it is you can you can take it on it gives you options if you're getting cold you put the jacket on if you're getting hot take the jacket off if your friend's getting cold you give them the jacket okay take notes if you spill (laughs) something on your shirt suddenly you put the jacket back on if you spill something on your pants you tie it around your waist like you're a 1990s skateboarder can i tell you something kind of embarrassing Mm -hmm. uh i get sweaty Mm mm-hmm it's nice to have a, a long sleeve to put over the sweatiness. Oh, the stains, the pit stains. Yeah, I don't know what it is. That's another show. That's another show. Pit, <laughs> pit stains. <laughs> this is a good name for. What would that show? What would it be about? Ready, sweaty. Ready, sweaty, go. Uh, That's nice. That could be fun. 
Um, yeah, I just, I've always loved a nice jacket. I, my, I think seventh birthday, we went to the gym factory, which is in West Virginia. Yeah. You're going to have to explain what that is. Sure. So <laughs> the gym factory was simultaneously a fun place for young kids to go and do gymnastics. Uh, they had like a rope swing over like a pit full of like foam geometric shapes that you could like drop down yeah. into. Mm-hmm. They had like the runway of trampoline floor that you could like go yeah. and do stuff. And then, you know, they had the usual gymnastic stuff. The and then at the night time. And then in, on Friday nights, it was the teen dance center and there's like a back room back there which i don't know what it was used for other than this but like teens would go to listen to um popular music and literally just bump and grind on it was just like a secret (laughs) and i i don't know how like common this is is if this was like a thing that was like present in every town like the teen dance club see i went to teen nights at the ymca when i was in middle school oh we had that too that i I remember that being definitely more above board this was this was this was very this was very (laughs) bad this is very not good you had to know somebody to get in as it's seventh birthday at the gym factory daytime and I was wearing a, I was wearing a sports themed windbreaker suit. Yeah. Over turtleneck? a white turtleneck. Oh gosh, it's good. It's a. Cl- How did you know that? Because that was like the look. Was it? Like the the turtleneck under the windbreaker thing. It was. It's a very like early nineties look. Damn, I thought I was a fucking fashion pioneer. Um, but you know, I do some gymnastics. I get sweaty. I put the jacket on. Easy breezy, beautiful easy light jacket get one you can have one of mine i got 306 (laughs) what's your first thing uh so i decided this week it's been you know kind of a tumultuous few days um fucking has and whenever i feel a little adrift i like to return to the poetry corner oh yeah it's my anchor so i have a poem that i'd like to bring can i sing the theme song yeah, please. There's no uh, there's no words. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought it could be cool if it was just like you felt like you were in a hip like like club, and it was like boom, 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 boom. Hey, baby, I hear the blues. Like a reflex, you can't. Yeah, I can't fight that can't off. Help yourself. Can't. Can you imagine what it's like to be Kelsey Grammer and just like every time you hear any bass at all, you got to be like, "Hey, baby, I'm oh, sorry." Or if a loved one is like, "Hey, baby," and he like he just mm-hmm. can't. He I just can't, comes he can't. right after that. He comes. No, that's what you said. I said it comes right after. You that. said he comes right after that. You said Kelsey Grammer has an orgasm every time anyone <laughs> says the word "Hey, baby." That's what you said. Run back the tapes. I bet the Gwen Stefani song would be really hard. For I him. had that exact same thought. I love you so much. <laughs> you are my perfect soulmate from heaven. Uh, the poem I am bringing is written by uh, Jimmy Santiago Baca who was born in 1952 in Santa Fe. Uh, He is a poet of Chicano and Apache descent. Uh, And he had kind of a tumultuous upbringing. How so? Uh, So he was abandoned by his parents when he was two. Jesus Christ. And then his grandmother brought him to an orphanage. And then at 13, he ran away. Uh, And then when he was like 20 or so, he was convicted on drug charges and spent the next five or so years in prison. 
Uh, and it was there that he learned to read because he was in the orphanage yeah. and he didn't have access to any kind of education at the time. And so it was in prison that he learned to read and began writing. Okay. Uh, and it became this really powerful tool for him. I was watching this interview with him where he talked about how it enabled him to connect with people because uh, he would meet people and write letters for them that to like send to their like families oh, wow. and like love poems to like inmates, girlfriends. And, um, and he learned just a, like, a tremendous amount. There was actually a movie that came out. I was going to say, this sounds like the plot of a movie. Well, he ended up writing a screenplay for a movie that was released. That was based on his experience in prison with the rival gangs and such. Uh, but the poem I wanted to read is uh, called I Am Offering This Poem. Okay. It's very nice. I'm excited to hear it. I could use a nice poem. I am offering this poem to you since I have nothing else to give. Keep it like a warm coat when winter comes to cover you or like a pair of thick socks that cold cannot bite through. I love you. I have nothing else to give you. So it is a pot full of yellow corn to warm your belly in winter. It is a scarf for your head, to wear over your hair, to tie up around your face. I love you. Keep it, treasure this as you would if you were lost, needing direction in the wilderness. Life becomes wind mature. And in the corner of your drawer, tucked away like a cabin or hogan in dense trees, come knocking, and I will answer give you directions and let you warm yourself by this fire rest by this fire and make you feel safe. I love you. It's all I have to give and all anyone needs to live and to go on living inside when the world outside no longer cares. If you live or die, remember, I love you. You had me at a big pot of yellow corn to keep your belly. <laughs> I really had a hard time focusing on any of the other sort of imagery after that. Because I thought about being cold, and then I thought about somebody handing me like a witch's cauldron full of glistening yeah. yellow corn and eating all of it, mm -hmm. and just going to bed for three months. He's like a New Mexico poet, and like a lot of the lines kind of remind you of that. There's something about a big pot of yellow corn that For just sure. feels very New Mexico to me. Um, that was great. That was very nice and a very that was a it was a, a salve. Uh, yeah. you're you're right. Uh, are are a lot of his poems like like that? Like very sort of I don't know romantic, both in the like literal sense and the like artistic sense. Yeah. It, well. It, I mean, there's that. And also he's written a lot of kind of more activist focused poems, um, given his kind of own personal experience yeah, sure. and, and kind of the inequity that he experienced. But it's, it's just that it's that man, that straightforward, just very precisely written stuff that I love, love so that much. Shit. I love it because it, there's such a tendency to go flowery or grand, you know, when like, the, the very simple, straightforward language is just can be so powerful. And I just, I found this very nice. This poem is just, it's like, I don't know if you do this, but when things get really like miserable in the world, I always try and find like a quote or somebody that said something that I can feel like, yeah, all right, that's, that'll bring me comfort. Sure. And lately I haven't been as lucky with that. <laughs> uh, but poetry, man, it's always there for you. Yeah. Kind of transports you a little bit to a place that is more simple and nice. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's probably why I watched all nine hours of the Lord of the Rings movies, because I think it does that for me kind of in a way. Yeah. Just, you know, seeing nice, seeing triumph, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of good. Anyway, um, Can I Steal You Away? I've, I've forgotten the actual song. <laughs> um, it could be like... Um, <clears throat> Heaven, let your light shine down. It's beautiful. It's a good fucking track, man. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's Factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom (laughs) gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, This this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain hey griffin yeah i've got a jumbotron hit me with that jumbotron stick Griffin, do you like fantasy? Um, no. Yeah, it was kind of a hate watch of, of a loader there. Um, <laughs> no, of course I do. Take me away. It's your wonderful world. I'm going to tell you about Moonstone. Okay. Go to moonstone-comic.tumblr.com to start the journey. As the suns are setting and the moon starts to rise. Are we back in the poetry corner? <laughs> you hear a playful drumbeat in the distance. The four. (laughs) (laughs) 
The forest around you breathes life with animals and travelers moving through the trees. Welcome to Thena, the home world of Moonstone, a new webcomic about a group of explorers solving the mysteries of their world. Inspired by the author's love of D&D, Moonstone is a fantasy story that explores friendship, self-love, and found family. That sounds real good. That does sound good. That's moonstone-comic.tumblr.com, and Tumblr doesn't have an E in it. It's, they're so tricky. This next message is for Caitlin. It is from Mackenzie. You are such a wonderful sister and aunt to the babies. I'm so glad the marching band gods assigned you as my buddy and that you let me marry your brother. I hope you are loving your new job, but if not, you have the McElroys to get you through. I can't wait for a visit to watch some HP and begin indoctrinating Maggie into the fandom. Miss and love you. That is such a good story. We were marching band buddies together, and then I married your bro. That's like, there's so many good movie ideas in this episode. I know. Damn, that's good stuff. It's very good. Are you tired of trying to keep up with the news cycle? Is bad stuff happening too fast for you to process? Don't you wish there was an easy way to find out about only the most important info you need? Hi, we're Lisa. And Emily. (laughs) Why don't you try our podcast, Baby Geniuses? On each episode of our podcast, we discuss a weird Wikipedia page, such as flatulence humor, Clamato, Catalan witches, Clippy, the Microsoft Office helper, death during consensual sex, and the talking mongoose. We ask each other stupid questions. Uh, <laughs> if you if you got a packet with like 300 seeds in it, what kind of plant would you choose the seeds to be? <laughs> that felt like you were assigned to ask me a question and there were certain words you weren't allowed to use we talk about martha stewart her pony and other celebrity horse news ben chunch every other week on maximum fun baby geniuses can i tell you about my second thing yes Boom, 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 And I do that, and you're probably wondering, am I going to talk about under pressure, or am I going to talk about Ice Ice Baby? Do not worry. I'm going to talk about under pressure. Under pressure. let's, let's. No, 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 no. Under pressure is like one of my favorite songs of all time. I think it's like a fucking triumph. I think it is a great, it used to be whenever I would um, like go to, you know, go out to bars for any reason ever. uh, And they had a jukebox, like under pressure was for sure going to be, going to be played on there. I've seen you do it for karaoke a few times. Yeah, it it makes a good duet for karaoke. Incredible. Uh, I just think it's like. I don't know. It's a beautiful. It, it's uh, it was by Queen and David Bowie. You've almost certainly heard it, and you're going to hear it again here in a little bit. Uh, it was off Queen's 1982 album Hot Space, uh, and it was a hugely successful song both for Queen and David Bowie. Although it was never actually on a David Bowie album, it was just on Queen. I guess he was just like, no, you take this one. That's fine. Um, and it, I don't know. I think it's like um. Just a very like relatable, very like human song, which I do not think it was like Queen and David Bowie's like uh, like a uh, an area that they explored very often. Like all of their songs were larger larger than life and told these like wild stories. And this is just well, yeah, a song about- David Bowie was like 
by all accounts, a space alien. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and this is like a this is like a moral rock song about like the ubiquitous hardships that humanity faces. Yeah. Um, and I, I I don't know. I think it's I think it's just beautiful. It also has you know the most famous baseline ever that Vanilla Ice stole. Um, in a 1990 interview, Vanilla Ice said he did not steal the hook. That he actually added an extra note in yeah. there. Yeah. Have you seen him like perform that in uh, interviews? No. Well, recently. <laughs> Well, not recently, but later he admitted he just sampled it. And then he settled out of court with Queen and David Bowie and said he was joking when he said the other thing about how he mixed mixed (laughs) it up. Anyway, okay, I'm just going to play Under Pressure here. This song has a super interesting history. I've, I love this song, but I didn't know like how it was made. Uh, and I did while I was researching this topic. Uh, this song actually started life as an unreleased Queen song called Feel Like. Uh, which was written by their drummer Roger Taylor, and it was very, very much a Queen ass song. Like yeah. it was just about scorned love, basically, and it never saw the light of day because they weren't happy with it, with with how it was uh, coming out and sounding. There are uh, like bootleg like demos of of this song that exist. It's like the only footprint of this song that exists today. I'm gonna play a little bit of it. The quality is super bad, but you can get a feel for like, oh, this is under pressure. has like a lot of the bones of under pressure basically but it doesn't have like the grandiose lyrics and it doesn't have david bowie and it doesn't have that baseline uh and so it became like under pressure it became what it is because of david bowie's involvement uh originally bowie was going to sing on a queen track called cool cat um but they removed his vocals at his request because he wasn't happy with his performance on the song there's a lot of like perfectionist stuff in yeah. the history of under pressure um but while he was in the studio they had the studio in Switzerland while he was there uh, David Bowie and the four members of, of Queen uh, including Freddie Mercury just got together and just wrote under pressure in uh, what Bowie claims was an evening flat uh, they just <laughs> cranked it cranked it out and it did take like a lot of the stuff from from feel like like the the sort of uh rhythm of it uh came came directly from that song but obviously there's a lot of stuff uh that was added to it the scat singing that happens throughout like the yeah. uh, that was because it was improvised when they like it was oh, the, uh, the improvisation of the writing i love um, that it's extremely good uh what is great is that there are so many things that are uncertain about who actually did what uh bowie attributes freddie mercury with like a lot of the like uh writing of the song while various members of queen have said that bowie wrote you know the lyrics uh and is responsible for for the uh i don't know the success of of those lyrics uh the bass line is the biggest mystery of all i'm gonna read you like an entire like paragraph breakdown that i found on wikipedia that breaks down the history of 
who made the the most famous bass line in the history of rock music ever. Uh, so uh, John Deacon, who is the bassist, uh, said in a, a Japanese magazine, Music Life, in 1982, that David Bowie created the bass line. Uh, in more recent interviews, Brian May and Roger Taylor credited the bass riff to Deacon, who was the bassist. Bowie, on his website, said that the bass line was already written before he became involved. Roger Taylor, in an interview for the BBC <laughs> documentary Queen, The Days of Our Lives, stated that Deacon did indeed create the bass line, stating that all through the sessions in the studio, he had been playing the riff over and over. He also claims that when the band returned from dinner, Deacon, amusingly, forgot the riff. But fortunately, Taylor was still able to remember it. Brian May clarified matters in a 2016 Mirror Online article, writing that, this is wild. It was actually Bowie, not Taylor, who had inadvertently changed the riff. The riff began as, quote, Deaky began playing six notes the same, then one note a fourth down. After the dinner break, Bowie corrected, actually changed Deacon's memory of the riff to ding, 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 diddling, ding. <laughs> I love that so much. Everyone got a fucking hand on that ball. Well, Everyone and I also did. love how generous everybody is, where they're like, no, 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 no. No, I didn't write the most famous bass <laughs> riff in rock music. No, that wasn't me. It's so basically the bassist for the band like had the riff, but I guess the riff was just like bum 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 bum, and then they went to dinner, and then they came back, and he was like, "Ah, fuck, what was it?" And it was like, "How much cocaine were you guys on?" It you couldn't remember. Bum 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 bum, and Bowie was like, "No, it's a bum 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 but a bum bum," and that was it. Like that was. Anyway, I That's fucking beautiful. love that. Uh, anyway, I love this whole song. Uh, every time I hear it, come on, I just get inspired, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, like, soaring and, like, gospel-like uh, in a way that I have just always really, really, uh, really loved. And I do, I do it's feel... It's just, like, it goes places you don't expect it to go. Like, every time I listen to it, there's, like, something I forget that, mm-hmm. like, shows up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot that, that was part of the song. Yeah. It's, like... There's such a journey in that, and that yeah, song. that like quiet break in the middle where it's yeah. turn away. Yeah, that that I always forget that that's there. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's such a good song, and I know like I always feel weird talking about like well, obviously Griffin, but like I don't know. I feel like I feel like there are also songs that are classics and masterpieces that if I go a month without hearing them, I will completely forget that they exist. No, that's very true. And I don't think Under Pressure is one of those for me, but I imagine that it is for a lot of people. What is your second thing? My second thing is also music related. Oh boy. It's when Rolf plays the piano. Mm. (laughs) Rolf is... um, The Muppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The dog Muppet. The dog Muppet. Rachel and my, I think, both our favorite Muppet. Mm -hmm. That's how we knew. (laughs) It was a good Muppet, man. Um... I realized that I should talk about this when I got excited about the idea of researching this for a little while. Um, I got to learn a little bit about how it works, how he plays the piano. Wait, wait, wait. Does he actually play the correct notes on the piano? Well, lean in, Griffin. Oh, shit. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So Rolf is a, I'm going to say it that way. Rolf? Rolf. Although there's been some like various pronunciations uh but rolf is a live hand puppet which means that there is an actual hand up on one side and then a hand in the mouth and then another another person who does the other hand oh interesting i always thought it was one person does the head and two people do the hands although 
physically, I don't know how you would do that. You would have to put your head through the other one's torso. It's just it's not a thing you can do. Uh, so Jim Henson would usually perform the head and the voice and the left hand, and then another Muppeteer would perform the right hand. However, when Rolf played the piano, Henson would helm the head, and the second performer would control both hands on the keys. Oh, okay. So that is how that worked. Just for this specific Just example. for okay. specific, the piano purposes. Uh, so Derek Scott, who was the musical consultant for The Muppet Show, uh, would supply the pre-recorded piano playing. And then uh, the other puppeteer, Steve Whitmire, would um, spend hours learning every nuance of the pre-recorded piano track to make it look believable. That is so much more work than you probably had to do, my dog. <laughs> my literal dog. <laughs> so the so the piano itself didn't actually produce any music, but he would intentionally move his hands on the keys so that it would match up with sure. the pre-recorded track. Um, and that was, you know, that's what made the illusion, like, so effective. And so I, Rolf, like... And I actually w- was hoping you would play a clip. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you want me to play? Uh, the song, I Hope That Something Better Comes Along from the Muppet movie. Okay. Do you know the the clip I'm talking the about? The new Muppet movie? No, or... this is 1979. Okay. This is when Steve Martin is in there. Oh, yes. When Kermit goes into the restaurant and Rolf is like the kind of like Tom Waits, like musician at the piano. Um, and they're talking about like lost love. Okay. And I can probably find a clip of that. It's on YouTube. To, okay. It's on YouTube. If and, it's on YouTube, then it's in the show. Uh, and so Rolf and Kermit are kind of taking turns singing the song. And at the very end, Steve Martin is the waiter and he's, he's at the end of the clip. Tadpoles don't have feet. Oh, sorry about that. Two, three, four. There's no limitation to mixing and matching. Some get an itching for a critter they've been scratching. A skunk was badgered, the results were strong. I hope it's something better. I hope it's something better. I hope it's something better comes along. Phone call for Kermit the Frog. At first, I was just going to say Rolf. You know, I was just going to say, like... He's a good dude. He's a wonderful Muppet. I love him. He's funny. He's adorable. He's talented. He's got that gravelly blues voice. And then I realized, no, you know, what What it really is is when he plays the piano. Mm. Like, I, I just get transported. It's just like a nice, like... I don't know. It's it, it's a, another layer of art, artistry and complexity to the character sure. that he can like play the piano and also the banjo. If you watch some clips, <laughs> <laughs> it's a mature. Wait, does he really play the banjo? Yeah, there's. I a thought clip that was of Kermit's him. thing. He, they have two banjo playing Muppets on the Muppet Show. He he also played the banjo. Seems excessive to me. No, mm-hmm. Rolf is a you know a mature uh, pick for a favorite Muppet when you're young. It's he's not he's when a, when you're young. It's Gonzo, and you're like, I love Gonzo and his antics. Yeah, but now, Gonzo makes me Fozzie, so tired now. Oh, Fozzie! Fozzie and Gonzo are always like jockeying for the spotlight. I've had a know? long day, and I'm tired. Can we not do this right now, Fozzie? And I take it back. I actually love Fozzie. I, I won't do talk love shit Fozzie. About Fozzie. Gonzo can. I can, do love Fozzie. There's actually another on YouTube. There's another great piano duet of Fozzie and Rolf um, playing together, and it's very good. 
Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I always get a little like sheepish talking about the Muppets because it, it's like very juvenile and it's, and it feels very like escapist sometimes to like just drown yourself in Muppets. But Rolf, I just, he, he is, he's a, just a mature person's Muppet. <laughs> you got me thinking about Muppets now. I know. I, I decided to just focus on one Muppet in case I want to go back to the well later. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, I'm doing Statler. And then the week after that, I'm going to do Waldorf. <laughs> I'm breaking them up. Because they're different. They do have sort of they, different vibes. They are vibe. very different. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's it, huh? For this one. It is. So uh, I guess we'll be back next week and we'll have, um, who knows what new sort of body mods we'll have done. I might get my, uh, you know, my ears gauged or something. Um, maybe I'll get a third nostril added in. It's going to be wild, folks. But it won't be where you expect it. No, no, it, w- it, uh, it won't be. So thank you to Maximum Fun for having us. You can go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there, like uh, uh, the Beef and Dairy Network and Friendly Fire and uh, Switch, International Waters. International Waters, Switchblade Sisters, Can I Pet Your Dog, uh, all at MaximumFun.org. Um, we got other shows at McElroyShows.com. Oh, the Sawbones book. Hey, go buy the Sawbones book. It's out. It's out. It's so good. I've had it for uh, for like a month or so now, and I adore it, and uh, I you will too. It is out uh, at the time we're recording this. It is out today, uh, and you can find it at bit.ly slash Sawbones book. You can find it there and get get it get it ordered and on the way. Uh, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And um, anything else, huh? Uh, thank you to all those people in the wonderful Facebook group. I find myself just going to that group anytime I, I want to seek out some cute videos or some nice little uppers. It is a, uh, yeah, it's where Rachel buys all of her, <laughs> buys all her trucker speed is on the wonderful Facebook group. If you're looking for it, it's actually still under our old show title. So it's under Rose Buddy's cast, but the content is exclusively wonderful focused. Exclusively wonderful focused and also a peer to peer dark web drug trading. Oh no, it's the FBI. We gotta go. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Welcome everyone to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. 
Please, these hosts have families. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites.